Welcome to another episode of the Agent on Duty podcast. I am John Marion and I am the Agent on Duty. This podcast is devoted to talking about real estate in practical ways. The tips and information I deliver in each episode is designed to help you understand issues you may encounter when buying, owning, or selling a home. Thanks for joining me today. This is episode 16. Today, I'm going to address two health and safety issues brought up by an agent on duty podcast fan in Batesburg, South Carolina. Hi, this is Becca Marion calling from Batesburg, South Carolina. I'm wondering about a couple of um, health-related questions about real estate. I was wondering, how do you test for radon and is there a way to mediate that um, and remediate that and and create a safer environment if you do have high radon levels in a home? And then is, is there a way to test for mold and remediate that as well in a home um, if you find one that you really want, but maybe you can tell that there's a little bit of mold damage somewhere. Is there a way to take care of that easily? And um, what resources do you have to offer in that area? Thank you. Thank you, Becca. We're going to talk about these two issues, radon gas and mold. Before we get into talking in any detail about either one, I just want to say that each of these issues could be very technical and I can do an entire podcast on just radon gas alone and have a a special guest on my podcast and do a very deep dive into radon gas. And I could also do the same thing with mold. But I think uh, for the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to address both of these issues from my perspective as a licensed real estate agent in the state of Georgia and what I recommend to my clients concerning these issues. So let's get started talking about radon gas. What is radon gas and how do we test for radon gas and how do we remediate the the presence of radon gas in a home? And why is this even an issue? Why is this important? Well, radon gas is a an invisible gas that cannot be detected. It's odorless. Uh, it cannot be detected unless a scientific test is is taken of the air, uh, specifically designed to test for the presence of radon in the air. And there are a couple of ways that a test can be done for radon. Now, there are kits that are available from uh, hardware stores and, and home improvement stores, and I don't have any experience using them, and I would not normally recommend to a client who is buying a home to go out to to a Home Depot or Lowe's or another big box store and get the test kit and and use the test kit during the due diligence period. Uh, Those test kits may be okay, uh, but the equipment that a professional home inspector would use is calibrated and can detect radon gas in a more accurate way than the test kits that you can get over the counter. As I understand, 
this and as I have learned over the years. Uh, so if you were my client purchasing a home and you expressed concern about the presence of radon gas, I would advise you to consult with the home inspector and ask them uh, to do a, a test for the presence of radon gas. And that, that test may take 24 hours. They put a piece of equipment normally in the basement or an area where they, they think uh, the presence of radon gas, if it is present, would be most likely to be detected. Uh, and though the equipment that the home inspector uses is, is calibrated, is much more accurate, as I understand it, than any kit that you can buy over the counter from a hardware store or home improvement store. Uh, so that would be my recommendation. However, if you're living in your home and it's something that you you know, are somewhat concerned about and are curious about, I would say, go to, go to the home, go, go to a home improvement store, buy the kit, do the test. And that will be a, I think a, a good guide to help you determine whether uh, you should be concerned or not about the presence of radon gas. And if you are, as a result of that test, I would definitely hire a professional to, to do a test before you spend any money trying to remediate an issue that may or may not uh, really be a problem in your home. Uh, so that's, that's how you test for radon gas. If you are a home buyer, definitely, um, uh, get a professional to test for the presence of radon gas, if that is a concern. And let me just add that in my experience in the real estate industry over the years, uh, radon gas was not so much of an issue many years ago. I lived in another state before I moved to Georgia, in Virginia, in Northern Virginia. It was common practice for buyers to get a radon test as part of their due diligence in doing inspecting the home prior to actually purchasing the home. Uh, when I moved to Georgia in the North Metro Atlanta area, and I think throughout the Atlanta area, um, it was the same uh, 10, 11, 12 years ago. Most buyers were not getting radon tests. That was one of that was a real big difference in moving to this market that I discovered. And over the years, and I'd say the last three or four years, more and more buyers are asking questions about radon and concerned about radon, and home inspectors are offering radon tests. And I'm not sure why. I, I think part of it is people moving from other parts of the country where it's common practice to test for the presence of radon gas who are moving to the Atlanta area. That's part of what they're used to uh, inspecting. Uh, I don't know if there's a particular uh, concern about the presence of radon gas in this area that um, that has increased over the years, but buyers are doing the test more and more. And it makes sense to me because radon gas is, is undetectable otherwise. And for, you know, the cost of having a test done, it's pretty minuscule compared to the risks that are involved if you're living in a home that has a high presence of radon gas. And so um, the other part of, of the value of getting a radon test, if it tests high for the presence of radon gas, it's fairly easy and for the most part, fairly inexpensive to remediate the problem. And the remediation 
that I have seen in homes, it is a very simple air exhaust system or air circulation system. And I have seen it where there's a fan that that just blows air out from the basement out to the exterior of the home, or usually um, it goes into the foundation. So they'll they'll just uh, cut a place in the foundation, not the foundation, but the slab in the basement, uh, and um, get uh, I guess I guess actually under the foundation or the slab where the uh, radon gas could be building up and then seeping into the home. Just a simple exhaust fan is placed uh, near the floor with a uh, with a pipe that just uh, exhausts the air out of the foundation or the slab underneath the concrete slab underneath the home and exhaust that air out outside and where the radon gas just dissipates. And so radon gas is a naturally occurring gas in, in the earth and in the atmosphere. And it's not a big deal, but in a home, uh, in a basement that, that where there's not a lot of air circulation, the buildup of radon gas can be significant. And that's where the issue comes in. One more thing I'd like to add is in my observation over the years that a basement that is used often and, and the, the occupants are going in and out of the basement often, and there's good air circulation in the basement. Uh, the presence of radon gas often is not detected. And as a matter of fact, during the testing for radon gas, uh, the, the homeowner is uh, instructed not to open windows and doors and, and to stay away from the, the, uh, the equipment where that's set up in the basement. Um, because you don't want to uh, affect the test. They, they're trying to really detect the presence of the gas in there, in the home. Uh, but basements that are used and with it, ventilation is really good where people open the windows and go in and out of the doors a lot. And uh, it's a full daylight basement, lots of, lots of uh, area for air circulation. Uh, normally radon's not detected, but in basements that are closed up a lot or, or, that people don't use the the windows and the doors to get air in from the exterior into the basement. Those situations where a basement or a crawl space is closed up with very little air circulation, that tends to be uh, a recipe for the buildup of radon gas. Uh, now, and having said that, I would uh, tell you to ask your home inspector about about that and about uh, the possibility of remediating or reducing the possibility, if it tests negative, uh, reducing the possibility of future buildup of radon gas, uh, you may learn that there are just ways of living in your home that you can help uh, avoid the buildup of radon gas. Uh, but the remediation of it is not that big of a deal. Uh, I'd say the cost is, for most homes that I've seen is well under $1,000 uh, now costs of everything are skyrocketing and prices are jumping up and down all over the place here in uh, the year 2021. So I'm not sure if the prices would be over $1,000 for just a typical single family home that's about 2,000 to 3,000 square feet or less. Uh, would I don't know if the cost would be more than $1,000, but it's a fairly simple system with some duct, uh, with some uh, duct work and a fan, and it just simply circulates the air and 
eliminates the uh, exhaust, the radon gas from the foundation. Okay, so now let's switch gears and talk about mold and remediating mold and how to test for mold, the presence of mold in your home. Now, mold can usually be detected in the, in the sense of just using common sense, living in your home, uh, you understand the conditions of your home. Uh, mold usually is caused by a high presence of moisture in the home. And what often triggers a serious mold problem in a home is uh, flooding, either through uh, rainwater penetrating into the house or a burst pipe and the building material, your sheetrock and and materials in the home get wet. Uh, that is a primary trigger of a mold situation. And so if you have a flood in your home or there's a high level of moisture and you can see, normally see mold. Now, there may be some places where mold is it, mold is in the home that you cannot see, but if there's an occurrence of flood, high moisture, and you can see mold growing on the sheetrock, you know you have a problem. So it's it's pretty obvious. Uh, so as a homeowner, you kind of know your situation, obviously. Uh, if you didn't have a flood, if your home is, uh, is dry, if you run a dehumidifier in your basement, if you keep your crawl space dry and well-ventilated, and even uh, with a uh, dehumidifier in the crawl space, uh, you probably don't need to be concerned about mold unless uh, there's a reason you see it or uh, you you feel that it it's more uh, you feel more moisture in the air than there normally is and maybe people in your household are experiencing issues, uh, respiratory issues, allergies, that sort of thing. Uh, that could be caused by mold, but if you're maintaining your house properly and the moisture level is is low, uh, you don't really have to worry about mold. It's not not like a secret kind of thing that could sneak up on you uh, without an occurrence or a reason for the mold growing. Unlike radon that we just talked about, radon is invisible. It's undetectable. Uh, you, there's no odor to it. You don't know that there's radon without a scientific test. Uh, but often mold, you you will see it growing. And there are different types of mold and mold experts will come and contest for the mold. And if you are concerned about the presence of mold in your own home uh, for any reason, I would uh, consult with a professional mold remediation company who can come out and test the substance that you're seeing in your home, uh, something growing on your wall, sometimes in a basement that's unfinished. You, you might see it on the floor joists. Uh and there are different kinds of mold. So if, if there's a situation in your home where there's been a lot of moisture in your home for a period of time or for a long period of time or a co constantly recurring flooding in your home or water penetration into your basement, uh, those types of situations, that's a great, uh, a great environment for mold to, to just thrive. And uh, if, those, if that situation is not taken care of, uh, you probably have mold growing in your home. But again, if you didn't have one of those uh, occurrences, uh, 
no flooding, you've been living in the home without any problems, and you don't see any mold. Uh, there's nothing in, in my way of thinking uh, that you should be particularly concerned about mold. Now, when you are a home buyer and you're going to purchase a home, uh, you will want to look around very carefully and you will want your home inspector to look around. And, and most home inspectors will be very observant. And that's one of the things that they're kind of looking for. They want to see anything that might possibly be mold. Uh, when the home inspector sees something that uh, they think is of concern that could be mold, they will report that on your home inspection report. They'll talk to you about that. They'll alert you to what they observed, but they do not know for sure whether it's mold or not. They can just tell you that they observed what appears to be mold, and they will tell you to consult with a uh, an expert with a company that can come out and test the air. Uh, and in some cases, if it's really bad situation, uh, they may they may want to test the substance that they see on the sheetrock on the wall uh, and take that back to a lab and have it tested. But most of the time, uh, if if a home seems like it's it it's been dry and it's not a big um, a, a high moisture type of environment. Sometimes a home inspector will will see something uh, that makes makes them think that there could possibly be mold. Uh, you as a consumer, as a home buyer, can have the air tested, and if the uh, the presence of airborne mold is detected in the test, there are ways to remediate that prior to moving in, and it. It um, mold could be very costly to remediate if it is really bad, but if it's very slight and it's in a small confined area, it's not extremely costly to remediate it. And professional mold remediation companies will have different methodologies for removing and remediating the mold, depending on what type of mold it is. And they will give you recommendation recommendations as a home buyer, uh, how to maintain your house in the right environment to prevent um, the, the buildup of mold or, or mold from occurring. Uh, and mostly that's with a dehumidifier, keeping the home uh, dry, and especially the basement crawl spaces where areas that this occurs a lot. And then again, if you get a flood in your home, burst pipe or flooding, uh, Basically, you want to call your insurance company, get that remediated, and uh, you know it. It could be very costly to remediate a flooding situation, uh, but part of that remediation will be to um, to run fans and to do everything that's required to prevent mold uh, from growing in the home. And then when the when the area is uh, fixed and and finished, uh, be, to to repair the flooding damage, uh, there should be no mold that, that will grow because it's been properly remediated and prepared for the rebuilding of the site. For example, putting in new sheetrock and new carpet and all that, that, that area will be completely dry and mold free when, uh, when it's built. So, uh, when it's rebuilt and repaired. So you definitely want to contact your insurance company, uh, if you have a flooding event, 
in your home so that this can be taken care of properly and professionally and your homeowner's insurance will take care of it. If you don't have a homeowner's insurance or you want to do it yourself, uh, that's fine, but you need to do it in, in the right way to prevent a mold from, uh, from growing and make sure that when you repair the area, that there is no mold, that you're not enclosing mold into the structure of the house when you, uh, when you refinish that area. So it's better left to, to the professionals uh, to do that when there's a flooding event in your home. Okay, so that's it for today. Thank you for uh, those questions. Becca from Batesburg, South Carolina. Uh, we talked about radon gas and mold, and I'm going to leave links in the show notes for this episode uh, to uh, two web pages from the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, where you can read more about radon gas and mold and lots of great information about both of these issues. I will say that a lot of uh, the concerns about radon gas uh, are driven by EPA uh, guidelines and um, and minimum standards for the presence of radon gas. And so this is great quality information that that will give you a foundational understanding in a in a really um, a really clear way so that when you talk to your home inspector about, radon gas that you're concerned about in your home or the home you're going to purchase, uh, you can have an intelligent conversation with your home inspector. You can ask great questions. And when your home inspector explains the results of a test, uh, you will have a greater understanding of what, uh, what that test is all about by going to the EPA website. And also mold, you'll get a lot of great information about mold. Uh, there's, there's fewer, um, there's fewer specific standards uh, that I found on the EPA website, but maybe you can find, find some if you look there as well. But there is a lot of great quality information that you as a home buyer and a home owner uh, should be aware of concerning mold as well as radon gas. So check out the show notes for those links. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to this podcast. I am John Marion, and I am the agent on duty.